The reading today is from Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children. Now, I'm sure that we've all heard this story many, many times before. It's one of the few events in Jesus' ministry that's recorded on all four of the Gospels and is a regular feature of Sunday school and children's Bibles, especially as other versions have a child as a hero of the story, sharing his supper with the crowds. It's a powerful, surprising story, but as Tina commented about the parable of the weeds a couple of weeks ago, the familiarity of the story often makes it very easy to switch off and skip straight over it. We already know how the story ends, so it's hard to empathise with the disciples who were caught up in the middle of it. I'm hoping that today I'll be able to share some fresh perspective that I believe God has shown me while I've been reading and listening to this story over the last couple of weeks. So, here we are in the midpoint of the book of Matthew and Jesus' ministry. He's been preaching for long enough that word has got around and he's drawing crowds to him. But it's still some time before his journey to Jerusalem for his trial, death and resurrection. Jesus has just had some terrible news. His cousin, John, has been killed by King Herod. Jesus has gone off by himself to have some time to grieve and to pray. Things clearly didn't work out quite as he's intended. As word got out about his location and before long there was a crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children all ready to hear what he had to say. Think about those numbers. We're maybe looking at around 15,000 people in total once you include the women and children. To put that in perspective, I believe tramlines, a couple of weeks ago, had a capacity of around 30,000 people travelling to a well-connected event in a large modern city. Here we have a crowd of some 15,000 people, about half the size of tramlines, travelling out to a remote location in the middle of nowhere. So why were they there? Were they there for the scenery? Were they there for the entertainment or the catering? Were they there to see Jesus' disciples? No, 
They were there to see Jesus himself. Some of them were seeking out Jesus because they were in need of healing that he was offering. And indeed, the passage specifically says that Jesus had compassion on them and healed all who were ill. Some of them may have already had a taste of the exciting words that he had been speaking or had been told about them by friends and wanted to hear more. Others may simply have followed the crowds as they'd heard a local celebrity was around and wanted to be able to say they'd seen him. Whatever the reason, it was Jesus they had come to see, not his followers. In the words of the song Heart of Worship, which we'll be singing later, it's all about you, Jesus. So my first first thought in response to this passage is to wonder, is there, uh, there are times when we try to make it all about us instead of about him? Are there times when we try to get uh, when we should try to get out of the way and simply point to Jesus? If so, what would that look like? So here we are, after a day full of healing and engaging with the crowds, Jesus' disciples sidled up to him to have a quiet word. Can you picture the scene? Uh, Jesus, I know you've been really busy and you've probably not been keeping an eye on a close eye on the time, but you really should be wrapping this up now. And so everyone can head off and go and get some food. Not to mention the fact that the disciples were probably all a bit tired themselves at this point and wanting a bit of a break. Yet Jesus seems entirely unfazed by this turn of events. He turns to them, and I think I can almost see the twinkle in his eye as he says this. You give them something to eat. Let's just pause for a moment and soak in that moment of tension in the middle of the story. You give them something to eat. But, 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 how can we? We've got nothing. Well, not exactly nothing. We've a few loaves and a couple of fish, but that may as well be nothing. Certainly won't make a difference to a crowd, a huge crowd here, really. What would be the point of even offering it? That twinkle in Jesus' eye wasn't going anywhere. He asked them to bring the loaves and fish him and gave thanks to heaven for this provision before breaking the loaves and asking the disciples to distribute them. I'm going to pause the story here again and let's not try to rush to the conclusion. We know how the story ends and even if we didn't it's right there in the section heading that is uh, printed in our modern Bibles. But even so let us rest at this second moment of tension in the story. The disciples are maybe wondering what's going to happen next. Surely they trust in Jesus and have already seen his miracles. So maybe they have an inkling of some, that something amazing is going to happen. Or maybe they're just expecting Jesus to make some sort of point about gratitude to God for what he's given us, no matter how small it seems. So the disciples hand the food out. And each person takes a little bit to eat then hands the rest to others. Then they each take a little more to eat. Then the pieces of bread and fish come round another time, so they take a bit more. 
So on it goes until even the hungriest of those present just cannot manage any more and 12 basketfuls of uh, gathered of the leftovers. I'm reminded of something similar when we've had pizzas delivered at work after a whole company get together. At first a couple of pizzas come round and everyone politely takes a slice and hands it, hands it on. But the pizzas themselves don't make it to the far side of the room. Then the next couple arrive and get further across the room. And you watch as the situation gradually transitions from I've already had a slice to Oh, I think everyone's had a slice. Now have a second. And eventually to I really couldn't eat another bite. In this story, we see a God who isn't satisfied with providing the bare minimum to get by or just enough to be satisfied. He gives generously, abundantly to excess so that there is more left over even when everyone has had enough. Jesus took the little that the disciples had offered and multiplied it so that it was more than sufficient for what was needed. Now, do I believe that Jesus could have prayed and the food would have appeared out of nowhere? Well, yes. If we believe that Jesus is God himself on earth, then we, he must have been able to do all that without any help. But he doesn't choose to do that. He chooses to involve his followers. You give them something to eat. God's power multiplied what was offered, but Jesus asked his followers to take the first step. So, how does this apply to us? What is God asking of us? Maybe there is something you feel that God is asking you to offer, but you're not sure. Maybe what you have to offer is too small to make any difference, but God is asking for it to be offered nonetheless. In the words of the song that we sang this morning, God wants us longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. Maybe you have already offering all you feel able to and that's fine i don't believe god is asking us to give more than we are able to give but he is asking us to give that much just as i believe jesus could have fed that huge crowd without involving his disciples i believe that he could work today without involving us at all but that's not what he does through his grace he chooses to involve us in his work. But it is God who takes what we can give and makes it so much bigger, so that it is him who should be praised. So, why were the crowds there in the middle of nowhere? They were there to see Jesus. What do we have to share with the world around us? It's not ourselves but Jesus at work through us that the world needs to see. And what if what we can offer is too small to make any difference to the task before us? Well, God asks us to offer it anyway and trust that his strength is sufficient to make up for what we lack. So Lord, 
grant us courage to offer what we have uh, to offer and the faith to believe that you can use that in bigger ways than we can possibly imagine. Amen.